Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Rick Kamla is back on NBA radio. We're very excited for him. Um, and that's what he should be doing. NBA, uh, front and center, all the time, every time. Uh, 60% of the time it works every time. I got to tell you, I'm just glad the guy's doing NBA rack uh, permanently. How you doing, Rick? Scott, I'm great, man. I'm blessed. Uh, what, what can I say? Uh, just an unbelievable opportunity with NBA Radio uh, on Sirius XM. Super happy to be there. Um, hosting a show with Antonio Daniels, um, 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday. Uh, it's an unbelievable chair. I'm proud to have it. I'm blessed to have it, man. What do you want to talk about tonight, Scotty? Well, a lot of stuff. Uh, I got to tell you, how about that uh, run uh, the Lakers went on tonight at the start of the fourth quarter in Chicago to bury uh, the Bulls? And uh, this team's won, what, six in a row? They look pretty good. I think uh, Davis has made the difference, and I don't believe for one minute he's going to play for the Bulls. Um, look, I, I think I think he made a mistake in, in the comments. I think he got too comfortable. I think he played to the crowd, and I think he forgot that I'm mic'd up and there's video rolling here, and this is going to make headlines. Like, anything I say is going to make headlines. I play with LeBron. I play for the purple and gold. I'm a free agent this summer. Um, to me, you've got to have a little bit better awareness. And uh, on NBA Radio today, I worked with Sam Mitchell. Sam disagreed with me. He thought that, that AD, like, what is he supposed to say? He's in Chicago. Uh, and and I, I, I just thought he should have been a little bit more careful um, knowing the media ramifications of leaving the door open, saying that it's a possibility that he plays for the Bulls in the offseason um, or, or signs with them in the offseason. I'm with you. I don't think it's going to happen. I just think AD um, um, should have handled that, that uh, press situation better um, with, with the kids from his alma mater uh, there in Chicago. Leaving that aside for a moment, because the Lakers came out tonight. First of all, Anthony Davis really struggled tonight. Um, he had uh, a couple of really cool plays late in the game, uh, including an alley-oop from LeBron James, like one of those from-the-hip joints. Uh, I believe it was even off a of pick-and-roll. But, Scott, the run you're talking about was 29-4, to okay? And, and people driving around maybe, well, it's the Bulls, and they're young, and they can't hold a lead. And that's partially true. But this was brute force by the Lakers. This was refused to lose by the Lakers, um, led by LeBron James, who had his third consecutive triple-double. Scott, he's playing with force that I have not seen since the Cleveland days, right? And that was only a couple of years ago. But we did not see that last year. It was a go-through-the-motion season with with a team that he knew wasn't going to go anywhere, uh, ended up shutting it down late in the season. He is re-energized. He's back into ring mode right now. It's really fun to watch. But that was a gut check, man. They were down 18 or 20 points in that first half, and Chicago was doing everything they wanted on the offensive end. And L.A. started cranking up the defense in the second half. LeBron got the offense going, and they got their sixth straight win. Do you think, because, uh, like, I watched, you know, the Clippers. Uh, I've, I've seen them play several times. And, I, you know, I saw them beat the Lakers. 
But, you know, I got to be honest with you. Since they beat the Lakers, I actually, I think the Lakers have played a lot better than the Clippers. The Clippers have had their problems. And now, I guess what, tomorrow they're going to sit Kawhi against uh, against the Bucks, like against Giannis? Like, are you kidding me? Load management a week into the season? The guy needs a rest already? Well, look, I, I, I don't like it at all. Uh, I do not like it at all. Uh, we'll be talking about that tomorrow. I can promise you that. Uh, David Fisdale is my new favorite coach in the NBA because you, uh, you're you there in New York. You follow the NBA. Uh, he was getting queried about R.J. Barrett um, playing too many minutes. And, oh, wow, quite a load on him. And he's like, man, we got to stop it with this load management crap. Uh, you know, hopefully that soundbite has, like, made the, the rounds uh, all around the nation, man, because I'm with that. Look, Scott, if, if Paul George coming back from two shoulder surgeries wants to take a night off, I get it. If Porzingis wants to take a night off coming off ACL surgery, I get it. DeJounte Murray in San Antonio, I get it. Russ Westbrook the other night, last night against Memphis, took the night off. They got the win anyway. He had knee surgery in the offseason. If you got cut and you want to load manage, I get it. Kawhi did not get cut. He had a healthy offseason, comes off a chip, right? And, and now he's t- – he's, so is this just the way he's going to roll for the rest of his career? Like, anytime there's a back-to-back, he's going to take one end of it off. And, and Buzz Killishly, Scotty, it's, it's big games, right? Wednesday night at Utah, right. ESPN joint. He takes that one off. They get stomped by 20. Guess what? He, it, he takes tomorrow night off against the Bucks. We're suddenly rolling after a little bit of a murky start. They're going to get run again. And it's a dangerous game, man, because this is the Western Conference, and, and every win is crucial. Like, it's going to be, like – 57, 56, 55 wins is probably going to win the West. And guess what? If you have 50 wins, 49 wins, or 51 wins, you may be in that 5-8 to eight group and on the road to start a playoff series. So it's a dangerous game, and I don't like it. Who in their right mind, honestly, like could you at least take off a night when, you're, when you got a crappy game? Like why would you take off a night with a game that good? Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. It really doesn't. Um, and look, we know Doc Rivers. He's an unbelievably competitive guy. And and he's saying all the right things. And I don't want to climb into his brain and put him on front street or anything like that. But, like, it's just, it, Scott, look, last year the Toronto Raptors didn't have a choice. Even if they didn't like him taking off 22 games, um, and I don't believe they were all load management games, but most of them were. He missed 22 games last year. I believe there were 17 and five in those games. Um, but in, and so they won a championship, right? But, but what Toronto had was Kawhi Leonard for one year. The Clippers have him for two years plus an option year, which he'll probably opt out of. Uh, but they still have zero leverage with this guy, none. Um, even though they've doubled up, you know, the, the tenure that Kawhi's going to have with them relative to Toronto, um, it's, it's perplexing, man. It, it's, it, it, I'm not a fan of it, Scott. I'm really not. I mean, because Bucks and Clippers, you see the promos on TV, you're like, ooh, I'm going to go get a six-pack of beer. Right. I'm going to get some popcorn. I can't wait for this ball game. And it just it just totally saps the energy and enthusiasm out of that game for many um, if Kawhi Leonard's not playing. No doubt. Uh, Rick Camel, NBA Radio, with us on the bench. How about Trey Young comes back from the uh, you know ankle the other day. Now tonight – he drops uh, 29 and 13 dimes on the Spurs, and they win. Meanwhile, uh, his you know running mate there, his vice president uh, Collins, uh, you know he's toast now. 25 game ban for taking a supplement that uh, is illegal or something. He he's busted now. That really, I think that really hurts the Hawks. But Trey Young's a badass. 
He is, man. Um, look, I, I picked the Hawks to get the eighth seed in the East. Um, probably a little ahead of schedule with that, although, um, and I'm not putting anybody on blast, their public opinions. Uh, Sam Mitchell, who I worked with today, had the Hawks at the eighth seed. Isaiah Thomas, um, the great Hall of Fame analyst with NBA TV, he had the Hawks today. Look, <clears throat> I know they beat the Spurs tonight, and it was a really, really good win, and Trey Young was spectacular. He had one point in the first half. One. He had 28 in the second half. But what I love, Scott, was, was he had eight dimes in the first half of that game. He was getting Parker off. He was getting Reddish off. He was making sure that all of these guys that have to step up with John Collins out were eating and getting comfortable and finding a rhythm. And then he took over in the second half. It was like very Chris Paul of him, right? Um, but just a spectacular game. He, he almost virtually single-handedly beat the San Antonio Spurs. It was splash three after splash three after Magic Johnson dime. Uh, he's playing at an all-star level right now, but the Hawks are going to have to get a win total such that the coaches and the players uh, look at Trey as an all-star. Uh, but the, 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 look, John Collins is a really, really good dude. I know him. Um, I've spent time with him. He's a get-it guy. Uh, I'm not sure if this, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming that it was an honest mistake. I don't know that for sure, uh, but, but he'll get past this. But it's a hit, Scott. This may, in fact, keep the Hawks from making the playoffs, right? If they go 10 and 15 over this stretch or 7 and 18 over this 25 game stretch, that's it. It's a wrap. Uh, but if they can hang in there and hover around 500 for, this, for these 25 games, get him back, then I think they can make the playoffs. But this is a big, uh, big hit to the Hawks for sure. How is it that the uh, Hornets tonight shot 42 free throws and the Pacers got seven free throws in that overtime game that the Hornets won? That, that has got to be the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in an NBA game that, that one team got 42, the other team got seven. Like, honestly, how crooked are the refs? Well, hold on. I'm not going down Seriously. that road. I mean, uh, honestly. I watched that game. Honestly. I, I, wa- I watched that game, Scott, and here's the thing. Um, I can't say that every call was perfect, all right? But, but what I can tell you is you had Terry Rozier and, mo- most importantly, Devontae Graham putting their heads down and getting to the rim. Um, and there was, there was more activity from Charlotte than there was from Indiana. Indiana tonight was without Miles Turner, without DeMontis Sabonis. So they didn't have their two interior guys that, that are magnets for flesh that draw a lot of fouls. Um, you had, you know, a lot of jump shots from Brogdon, a lot of jump shots from Lamb. Um, and so, you know, to your point, I mean, uh, on the box score, it looks crazy. Uh, but but I, I thought it was a fairly officiated game and, and a hell of a game at that. And, and uh, the Charlotte Hornets are four and three, man. Time to break them up. Honestly, though, how now if you're you're gonna tell me that a team shoots 42 free throws and the other team shoots seven, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that the team that shot 42 is gonna win by 15. They won by two in overtime. How can a team go to overtime and it's a, a two point game, 122, 120, and one team shot 42, the other team shot seven? I don't care what you say. That is a horrible job of refing. In an NBA game, in a game that tight, how does one team go 35 more than the other team at the line? That's insanity. What do you think of um, Kyrie so far with the Nets? Oh, my God, is he playing well. Um, The thing is, it's not resulting. Like, it's every game comes down to a coin flip, right? Coin flip lost to Minnesota in overtime. Coin flip lost to Memphis. He gets stuffed by Morant at the end of regulation. Uh, They end up losing in overtime. Uh, then there are other times when he's exhilarating and he gets it done. You know, uh, uh, beating <clears throat> the Houston Rockets uh, last Friday night. Then he comes back and has a triple-double and a loss to Detroit. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a dangerous game, but 
this is the state of the Nets right now. They don't have Kevin Durant. So it's it's uh, Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris and Karis LeVert, you know, to a lesser degree. And then, you know, Jared Allen and these other guys against the world. Um, I, I can tell you what, what Kyrie needs to do uh, because he did this on Friday night and it resulted in a win. He had double-digit assists. To me, that's the, that's the most important number for the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie can score at will at any time. But if he's getting all of the other guys involved in scoring, A, that helps you, you know, on the offensive end. It's going to also create more enthusiasm for those players on the defensive end and overall make the thing work. So he's going to have to sacrifice shots a little bit for playmaking for me if, if the Nets want to get four games over 500, five, six, seven games over 500 and make the playoffs. Because right now it's teetering, man. Uh, they're basically a 500 team. And if Kyrie Irving keeps playing this way, where it's like, you know, 35 points and five dimes, and it's the Kyrie show, he's got teammates standing around watching, um, it's going to be dicey for this team to make the playoffs. What do you think of uh, what Monty's doing in the desert and how Devin Booker's looked? Oh, my God. Uh, watching that game last night, just absolutely loving what the Phoenix Suns are doing. Um, and I like that you brought up Monty Williams because, I mean, it has been a coaching carousel, right? There's been dysfunctionality, instability. And now you've got Monty Williams. He's an OG, commands respect in any room that he is in. You cannot find one single person around the NBA to say a bad word about that guy. He's got a big brain on his shoulders. He's a leader of men. And he's organized uh, a really talented team that was talented last year but couldn't win because they weren't organized. Also, uh, Devin Booker's in better shape, Scott. He, he's, he doesn't have the full coat of armor yet. He's not rocked up, but he's getting there. <clears throat> and uh, um, I just like the vibe of Devin Booker right now. He's talking trash to the opponent. He's leading his team. He's like, he's talking the whole time. I mean, that, that's what it's all about. It's about communication and, and about enforcing your presence and enforcing your will against the opponent and, and on that basketball court. And last night, it was like, hell no. I know you're the big, bad Philadelphia 76ers, but this is my court, and you're not beating me. And he got bucket after bucket, dropped 40 points on 15 of 19 from the field. Are you freaking kidding me? And we got to give a lot of credit to Ricky Rubio as well, uh, was the MVP of the FIBA World Cup, leading Spain to a gold medal, flirted with a triple-double last night, and, and his addition has been huge to that team. Yeah, no doubt. He can still ball. I, I, that guy's got game. He can drop uh, dimes and make buckets and, and get teams points in a hurry. I still like his game. Last question, Rick Kamla. Uh, LaMelo Ball, what are you guys saying on NBA radio about his uh, soaring stock uh, for the NBA draft? Uh, not a thing, man. It's way too early. Um, I've seen headlines. Uh, one of the ESPN talent evaluators is saying he's the top talent in the draft. Um, that may be true. Uh, I tried to watch college hoops tonight, Scotty. I tried. I tried. I couldn't do it. I watched the first half of the Duke game. Come on. And was, was – it wasn't doing it for me, bro. I had good games going on. I had Pacers, Hornets. I had, uh, you know, Hawks, Spurs. I'm in NBA mode. You know, it's first night of college hoops. You got, you know, what, what, two against four and one against three or whatever the hell it was. But you got all these uh, brand-name teams, all these great coaches and all these great players. I'm just not there yet. I'm really not. Typically for me, Scott, college hoops starts to, to get on my radar a little bit um, in January when the conference season starts. And then after the Super Bowl, um, when you've got, like, open Saturdays and open Sundays, and, and then I watch a little bit of college ball. I'm just not there yet, man. But um, the, the reports are good on LaMelo Ball. So we, we may have another ball in the NBA. Yeah, and how do you think his uh, brother's doing in New Orleans? I saw him hit a three last night. I almost fell over. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the shot has improved. It's different. Um, it's more refined. It's not as much, you know, if you're driving around in your car right now, like, like put your right hand, like, way over to the left side of your body and then try to shoot a jump shot from that spot. And, by the way, when you put your right hand on your left side of your body, put it down by your waist and then try to get the ball up at your forehead to shoot a shot. It was a crazy, stupid, whack jump shot, and, and they've, they've refined it a little bit. It's still not where it needs to be but it's better. But what I like is, is Scott, it's the Jason Kidd game. It, it's the rebounds, the assists, the steals, um, the floor game stuff, the savvy stuff, you know, tapping a ball that's going out of bounds to a teammate and leading to a run out to the other end. Um, that, that, that cerebral athletic stuff. I mean, let's not forget, this is a guy that can really get off the floor with great lateral movement and all that kind of stuff. Um, he is who he is. He's never going to be a big time scorer in the NBA. He's kind of Rubio-ish. He's kind of poor man's Jason Kiddish, but uh, but he's been good for New Orleans so far. Yeah, no doubt. Great stuff tonight, uh, and always love talking rag with you. I got to tell you that, uh, you know, I'm glad for you on the gig you got on NBA Radio, 1 o'clock to 4 every day on NBA Radio on Sirius XM, and um, I'm very disappointed in you because uh, I, I like uh, all basketball. I like NBA, I like college rack, I like high school rack, I play seven days a week, I got no time for this, you don't like watching college basketball, so go, <laughs> go have one of those cheap Schlitz beers you were talking about, and, and go to bed, you femme. I'm not interested in someone that doesn't like watching rack, uh, you just pro only, that's too much for me to handle, I, I'll watch girls play, I'll watch anybody play, I watch my daughter chucking threes in the driveway, so uh, you lose with all that, I don't like college basketball nonsense. Rick, thanks for coming on the bench, buddy. All right, dude. Have a good one. All right, Rick Hamlin, NBA Radio on the bench. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.